Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation, where pledges start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gavern podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gavern. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Pretty good. I good. decided to uh, put trousers on for recording. Oh, nice. That makes one of us. Yeah, something I've neglected to do for the last four weeks. And I've just realised, why have I been wearing trousers in my home at any point? Yep. Yep. It was sort of a thing I started doing while I was off work for two weeks. So I was like, what's the point in putting trousers on? And now that I'm back at work and my life is exactly the same as it was before all this happened, why was I ever wearing trousers? <laughs> what's the point in wearing trousers in your own home? I, I don't know. I stopped wearing trousers a, a few weeks ago now. Yeah, have you just not... Because you've been in your home for what feels like a year at this point. Have you just uh, not I don't know. I've given, up, I've given up counting how long I've been inside now. But it's... Uh, yeah, I've just been living that Ric Flair life. Just like dressing gowns and pyjamas every day. It's been great. That sounds pretty good, actually. It's Yeah, it's been fantastic. Yeah, like, but... if, if I know that I've got some sort of like work call, then yeah, sure, I'll put some clothes on, put some pants on. Because um, we got to have like webcams on and stuff for that. But besides that, like, yeah, living that loungewear lifestyle, it's been great. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I decided to put on trousers this week, so I'm definitely wearing trousers. But if you go and like listen to the last three episodes of this podcast, I was not wearing trousers. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I just it just feels weird because before, like, you know, the last few episodes, I was already on my computer just doing stuff in my day to day life, and then we started recording. But this week I had to like stop doing something else and come to the computer. So yeah. I was like, oh, I'll put trousers on to do this, as if that means anything. As if <laughs> anyone can see me, as if it makes this podcast any more listenable. Because I'm professionally wearing some jogging bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So yeah. how, how, has your, how has your week been? Your, I guess, I don't know, it, it, it isn't really like a, like a week in magic anymore, is there? I guess just, just your week. How has your week been since we last spoke? It's been fine, I think. Good. I don't really remember anything I've done. Uh, I edited a podcast, I know that much. Yeah. That's definitely happened. I've been at work, that definitely happened. Eat some food. Uh, nah, I've got nothing. <laughs> cool, it's, yeah, it, like I keep saying, it, it's very much just this kind of Groundhog Day lifestyle at the moment, really. Um, very, very little to report myself, to be honest. Yeah, the I mean, the, the the sort of format we had for this intro to the podcast very much was based on us doing things for our time. Yeah. <laughs> I know every week is just like, have you done nothing as well? Yeah, me too. And then that's it. That's all we have. That's all the crack we have. Yeah, like I've, I've definitely like done things, but I'm sure like they're know, the same like, things you did last week. Yeah, like making lunch and like working out and watching wrestling. Sure, I don't need to know what you made for lunch because exactly. I'm sure it'll make me sad. Yeah, I'm probably. sure it'll make me sad. <laughs> cool. I mean. I will ask how you are, but then should we very quickly move on to magic so we just yeah. stop talking about how depressing our lives are? <laughs> Let's go for it. I'm good. I'm definitely definitely holding up. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't know what happened last week. I definitely enjoyed last week's episode, recording it. It was good fun. I but, it felt it felt right when we were recording it. Yeah. It, found out it flowed. It was good crack. And then I listened back to it, to edit it. I said, none of this makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> we just said things. And the other person was like, yeah, 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 absolutely, of course. And then some laughter happened. And then if you actually listen to it all together in one go for 50 minutes, it's just complete nonsense. Yeah, uh, I think I definitely had a bit of a descent into madness. Um, I don't know, I definitely feel... It's not not that I wasn't feeling okay last week, but I definitely feel like I'm in a bit, a bit of a better headspace uh, right now than I was, I guess... I guess whatever madness last week was, but yeah, things things are good, all things considered. I think that's the way I want podcasts go all the time. Yeah, and you are normally alert enough, as we must all stay alert. Currently, you are normally alert enough to take me away from that nonsense. <laughs> but I think you were just too tired and you just indulged me for no particular reason. <laughs> sure. But let's try and talk about some magic cards in uh, a sensible way. Yeah, definitely. Because if that, it's all possible, I've, I've still managed to maintain some sort of some sort of magic involvement, engagement this this week. I've been playing on Arena still, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get Mythic anytime soon. I've really sort of lost my way with Standard, but I think we're. I'm going to talk a bit more about that in depth, I guess, as we, we talk about our main topic today. But I, I've definitely been playing it. I've 
been playing a variety of decks and I've, I haven't really felt like I wanted to play any other format and I guess we've got some good news on the horizon in regards to that as there was an announcement we? We have, yeah definitely oh, sure. I yeah, think the so entire episode point yeah, yeah. <laughs> There was an announcement yesterday that next week there is going to be a BNR announcement. Uh, they specified that it is going to affect Legacy, Vintage, and Brawl. First of all, those three formats are rarely mentioned in the same breath. Yeah. Second of all, the announcement of the announcement is completely unnecessary because we all know <laughs> what's going to get banned. You might as well just ban it or leave it till next Monday when you actually plan to ban them. Yeah, absolutely. Not just this. We'll allude to the things that you definitely know are getting banned. Yeah, and I then we'll tell you next week. I re I really, really dislike it. I'd much rather they just like they just said, Oh, this this is now banned rather than I mean, especially when it when it is when it is something like this, like when we, we know very clearly what at least one of the bands in at least one of those formats is going to be. I I'd rather like I'd rather just know now and just move the the ban up like ASAP so people can just get over it and change the decks and adapt and we can just get on with we're playing the formats we enjoy rather than just have this like this state of flux where nobody really wants to play because nobody wants to play the deck that is well nobody wants to play against like the, the dominating deck or the dominating strategy and people don't want to buy into that strategy because they know that that's going to get banned next week so now I guess you've just got this strange like I don't know I guess <laughs> it's very fitting, but I guess you've got this like Schrodinger's cat scenario where is, is Loris banned in the format? No, but it's going to be. Schrodinger's cat nightmare. Yeah, Schrodinger's cat nightmare. Nightmare cat? Which Night one is it? I don't know. Uh, it's a cat nightmare because cat it's nightmare. There you go. alphabetical. Because it's a cat and it's a nightmare in every format. That is true. Good tricks. Cool, should we just start talking about it? Yeah, because I think so. We've I already said it. <laughs> the cat's out of the bag now, isn't it? It's, Stop uh, it. Stop <laughs> it now. Yeah, Loris is, is the big one, really. I think we're all very aware at this point the the impact that companions have had on the game as a whole, uh, specifically like the Eternal formats. Uh, we know that like instantly the first, you know, one of the first things that we saw with Loris, well, I guess with companions, in Legacy was like, oh, Loris, Lion's Eye Diamond, that's cute. Also, that's actually probably really good in, you know, these one or two decks, but it very quickly turned into, oh no, like, Legacy is the format of cheap, efficient creatures and powerful, efficient spells. Loris doesn't care about what spells go in your deck, but it cares about the creatures, and all the creatures are cheap anyway, so there's no cost. So, yeah, sure, I'll give up 6% of my sideboard to play a Loris, that's fine. Uh, everyone else is doing it. it. It's not an issue, and uh, it's it's definitely put the format in in a miserable place. I think. Yeah, I think I think I'd agree. So, I mean, should we go through? Because what I want to do, I think, is just talk about the obvious yep. elephant or cat nightmares in the room, <laughs> uh, and then we can maybe talk about how we would solve it. Yeah, based totally. on what we basically know is going to happen on Monday, right? Yeah. So. I think we should hit Brawl first, because it'll be an easy conversation, and no one cares about Brawl particularly, right? And then we can move to Legacy, and then we move to Vintage. Yeah, I, I fully like agree. Yeah, definitely. Sweet. So Brawl, uh, I'm assuming it's going to be Dranith Magistrate. Yeah, it makes sense. That's the, which is the, the one and a white for a human wizard. It's a 1-3, and your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hands. So they can't cast their commander. Yeah. Which, in a 1v1 game, where you've built your deck around your commander, it is pretty miserable for your opponent. It's the same reason that Sorcerer Spyglass is banned. Yeah. Because it just means your opponent's commander can't be used. And that's pretty miserable, and that's not what they want. Especially when Brawl is meant to be a casual, fun format. You can just jam whenever you want, as long as it's Wednesday. So, that's a pretty easy one. And I think that's fine. Yeah, definitely. And that is what I would... I, it's not really something I thought about, because I don't really think about Brawl that often. But it's, um, it's something that makes sense. And it is the exact ban where I put in that position that I would make also. Yeah, I fully agree there as well. Um, I, I don't actually know, but I assume Lutri's already banned in, in Brawl. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was announced a couple of weeks ago. Perfect. Yeah, um, because it's that's that's nonsense also. But yeah, yeah Dranath Magistrate just makes the, your opponent not be able to play their commander, which is... Uh, not the point. It's the point of the format is playing a commander. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Is it called a commander in Brawl? Or is it a general? Your Brawl? 
Your brawler? Bro, I, I don't know, brawler. to be honest. It's the, command, <laughs> the command zone, isn't it? So it should be it is the command zone, really. Command yeah. But yeah, that's what's going to happen there. So that was Brawl. That was easy. No one cares, but no one listens to this podcast cares about Brawl. <laughs> no one who doesn't listen to this podcast cares about Brawl. That's an easy ban. I like it. Yeah. Let's move on. Strong agree. So where should we hit next? Should we should we take a take a quick peek at vintage? Do you think? I think yeah. I think that might, that might take the next least time because it's a format that I don't like ex- like very much know about. Yeah. But it's something I definitely have opinions on. But I think we can do that fairly quickly. Yeah, so definitely. It's it's so, a format that I I have definitely loved a lot in the past. Uh, I I don't love it currently. Um, hopefully that'll change from next week. But I. I went from playing quite a lot of vintage and it being one of my favourite formats to it just being not a format that I, I really just don't want to engage with. Um, again, like Lurus has been the really big one there. Uh, I I think the obvious one is they're going to ban Lurus in vintage, but like properly ban it because obviously vintage has that thing where it, it prides. Well, I don't know about pride itself if if that's exactly what it does but that's the term I'm it's one of use. the it, it, it's one of the functioning features i think it's yeah. one of the things that makes the format what it is it prides itself on on not having having banned cards having a restricted list rather than a banned list there there, there are some banned cards there's definitely um things like anti-cards conspiracy cards uh stuff like like shaharazad and any of the uh the dexterity cards like chaos orb for example that they are banned in the format as well uh i i think like Loris is just going to see the same treatment as them, definitely. Um, we know that restricting the companions, especially Loris, like, isn't going to do anything because most of the decks are running one copy in the sideboard anyway. So effectively, that that just doesn't change anything at all. So I think it, it just needs to go. Um, I know that uh, Mark Rosewater and one or two others have said that there are things that they can do in Vintage and they will you know, swing that ban hammer if necessary. And I think this is this is absolutely necessary and I guess, like, like I said before, it's not the first time they've just outright banned something in Vintage, but it will be the first time since 2007, uh, which is when Shaharazad yep. was, was banned in Vintage. I mean, this is the thing. It's, it's, it's essentially unprecedented at this point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's not a thing that happens in Vintage, right? Since yeah. 2007, that's much earlier than most people who are currently playing Magic started playing Magic, right? Yeah. Uh, or, or at least cared or understood Vintage. Uh, and, yeah, it, it's because stuff stuff that's banned already like conspiracies don't function right yeah. anti-cards is just it's just not a part of magic anymore um Shaharazad effectively just isn't playing magic yeah I so, I, I, I love that card Lurus, personally like, but I definitely mm-hmm. do understand why it's banned yeah and Lurus is the first ban we're going to see based on power level alone yeah right that's essentially the reason and it, I think it is kind of funny that you, you can't just restrict, because we've seen you know recent cards and we've we've harped on about power creep a lot on this podcast but recent cards get restricted in vintage because they're just, just too powerful you can't narset mystic forge right yeah. it's restricted we've seen cards like that be restricted and that's kind of sorted them out vaguely but banning this it, it we're, we're assuming it's going to happen right but oh yeah I would assume so definitely yeah the fact that they're going to ban they're going to make an announcement of vintage is um is something, something to pay attention to but I think it's quite funny that Lurus technically fits into the same reason that you would ban conspiracies and you, as conspiracies and you would ban Chaos Orb and you would ban Shaharazad, <laughs> because they just don't function in the same way that other cards do. Yeah. Because when you restrict Narset and Vintage, that really curbs the power level, right? Because you can't play four anymore. You play one copy that you can draw maybe a demonic tutor for. Yeah. But <laughs> Lurus you just always have, and that isn't playing Magic, because, because Vintage bans exclusively happen because it's a thing you shouldn't be able to do in Vintage. Yeah. Like your Shaharazards and your Conspiracies. And Lurus is very much a thing you should not be able to do in Vintage. Yeah, fully agree, definitely. It's, it blows my mind that in the year 2020, they, they figured out a way to make Black Lotus even better. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. And I guess you just have a look through the the uh, the standings for the Vintage cha- uh, Challenge at the weekend as well. Uh, you can see the Vintage Challenge from the that was posted, the results posted on the 11th of May. Uh, 14 out of the top 16 decks were playing Lurus. And that's just, it's an abundance of different decks as well. It's not just like it's the same deck playing it, because then, yeah, you could potentially look at like banning other things from that deck. Um, I know the, the Lurus Paradoxical Outcome deck is, is a very popular one, a very powerful one. 
And it seems to be like whenever there's banning and restriction conversations in vintage, paradoxical outcome is always one that is that is brought up. Um, so you, you know, if it was the case that oh, Loris Po was too good, then yeah, maybe it's the time that Po finally gets the ban hammer. But it's it's not. It's the card is free essentially. It's always in your hand. It's always doing broken stuff. It just needs to go full stop. See, I know that Wizards of the Coast. It's it's their thing that they don't test older formats. Yeah. But if the card that a card you printed is broken with is literally Black Lotus, yeah, you'd assume it. You assume they'd pay it some mind, right? <laughs> Before it went to print, right? You'd like, okay, we're not going to test with vintage, obviously, because why the hell would we test cards for vintage? We'll just sort it out when we get there. The vintage community very much rules itself, and we'll just do what we do, do what they say, essentially. But the most iconic card you've ever printed, you know, when synonymous with Magic the Gathering. Would you not at least look at Lurus after the, the amount of time that these sets were in development and that card would have been in development and being tweaked and tested? Would you not have thought about Black Lurus <laughs> yeah, at any point? I think... Like thinking about you know stuff that it's doing in, in Legacy and in Modern and stuff like that, I can I can forgive, but no. <laughs> seeing that the most iconic card ever printed is broken with this new card, that's not something you thought about. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like it has it has the least impact. So I think I. I, you know, I'm i happy to to I, yeah I don't know if, if I was in their position I I would overlook Black Lotus as well because like essentially it doesn't matter like the, the pool of players that play vintage is, is so small like compared to every other format and yeah you would look at it and yeah you would think oh yeah well that, that works well with Black Lotus but so does like every card printed not Absolutely not in the same way that Loris interacts with Black Lotus, but you know every card's fantastic with Black Lotus. Um, but I, I think it, again they were there was there was a miss in the understanding of just how impactful and just how powerful companions would be overall. I think um, I think yeah, couple that with vintage is, is often overlooked and understandably so because it it doesn't matter. There's no there's no pro tour with vintage involved that there's you know there's there's no way that there's no way wizards of course really want to like highlight or promote or or advertise the vintage format really like occasionally they'll they'll do the vintage super league but they're not recommending that you know advertising new players get into it because because they just can't there's so many cards and that they can't reprint and yeah they're just there I, I can definitely just I can definitely forgive them for just overlooking this this Black Lotus interaction or or just not caring about it because like why would they? Yeah, yeah, very much. Cool. So we're assuming that on Monday, the eighteenth. Yes. Monday the May that Lurus will be banned in vintage. Will actually be banned. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't think anything else will be at this point. Um, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. I think we've, we've seen one or two um, other companions see some plain vintage as well. I've seen, like, Yorian has made an appearance, as he does everywhere now. Uh, Umori has definitely shown up, and that card's fine. Zerd has shown up in some, like, combo lists to being quite cool, but not powerful enough. And then Lutri was the other big one, but I think Lutri is very, very quickly fallen off the map when everyone's realised just how good Loris is. I, I think, think it was just funny more than anything. Yeah, I think at this point, rather than just like make some preemptive bans, uh, they're just going to get rid of Loris uh, and then keep an eye on the format just to see what happens. If it, if it turns out that the you know, Luttery Singleton decks are actually good and good enough for the format, then yeah, you know, I can give it another two, three weeks and there might be another announcement banning Luttery again. I think if it was me, I. I don't know. I feel like I I would want to just ban Companion in the sense that conspiracies are banned. Um you know, like like you said before, like they don't function like any other magic cards really. Um I think at least as far as the vintage format goes, I would I would just ban them on the, on that grounds, but I I think like some of them are cool, like I said, like the the Zerda combo decks are, are pretty interesting and there was definitely some interesting things you could do with, with Amori, and I like Vintage having access to those those strange effects, and, and definitely being able to do some like like cool brews. 
so I think I think at, at this point I would say look let's just let's just ban Loris, get Loris dealt with, and then just keep an eye on the format and see see how things shape up over the next few weeks once he's gone. Yeah, that seems very very reasonable. I think that's uh, vintage very much dealt with. Yeah, uh, but ban Loris, and that's what's going to happen. Fully agree. Cool. Right. Shall we move on to what I imagine we'll probably have a few more talking points about? Legacy. Yeah, let's take a look at Legacy and see who the main offender is here. Can you guess? <laughs> Do you think it is? <sighs> yeah, so if we look at the uh, look at the Legacy Challenge from the weekend again, we can see there are a good number of decks that are playing everyone's favourite companion, Loris. He's here. It's, yeah, it, it's just too good in Legacy 2. Yes, I think the th- thing. I think the thing to think about here, and this does apply to vintage also, is that when you're printing Lurus for a standard set, which, as we discussed, is very much what they're doing. They're not looking back at old formats. Is that permanence having convert mana cost two or less is very much a restriction. Yeah. Where you have to play, you just have to play three and four drops because there aren't enough good one and two drops basically. Um, whereas Legacy, that's very much the feature of the format. Is yeah. that. Three mana is very much too much to be playing for a card unless it's you know really good like Oko or Teferi or something like that, or Trino Nemesis where it just wins the game by itself. So be, just having to cut everything plus two mana from your deck in, in Legacy is just not an issue because we yeah. were doing that anyway, kind of. And we, I mean we've seen we've seen also seen that happen in Modern where maybe these three drops just weren't good enough anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 just you just slot it into any deck because you were just playing one and two drops anyway, and being able to cast. A three mana three two with lifelink on turn three every game, and then that also just rebuying pretty much your entire deck is just it, it's just what you should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. In in the same way that we saw Lutri right get banned in Commander and Brawl because it was just an auto include in every deck. I guess that's it could be you know because that's a restriction in Commander right like Lutri's um, Lutri's companion restriction is your deck must be a Commander deck. Yeah. And effectively, Laura says your deck must be a legacy deck. Yeah, pretty much. Anyways, yeah, like we were saying before, like you typically your creatures are, or you know, the ones that really impact and win the game. They're they're one and two mana creatures, and then your spells. Your spells are either one or two mana, or or five mana. Really, like that. That's it. Let's yep, be honest. Yep. Um, yeah, Lurus it just it just doesn't it doesn't have a downside to playing the card. So you you look at the look at the top sixteen. You've got eleven of the sixteen decks or, or decks playing Lurus. Like again, that's not just one archetype, one problem archetype. It's it's across a whole bunch of different archetypes um, that just play it because it, it it's free. Essentially, it's six percent of your sideboard, and that just isn't a cost for most decks, especially not when the vast majority of the decks are also giving up six percent of the sideboard. You can see there are a couple of other companions that were in the in the top sixteen of this uh, recent legacy challenge as well, um, but none, like just just none with the same abundance that Loris has. There was one like Garuda deck which showed up, which was cool. It's nice to see some some cool, interesting innovation there. Uh, and then we're also seeing uh, there's a single copy of uh, Zerda Dawn Waker as well in the in the the Bomberman style deck. Yeah, and I think, I mean, in that, that Bomberman deck, if it moves Bomberman from tier 2 to tier 1.5 because you get to play Zerda, then sure. Yeah. Or even if it moves it from tier 1.5 to tier 1, like, sure. Like, that, that's completely fine. Like 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 we, like we I was saying last week, maybe the week before, just, like, randomly introducing one-offs or two-offs to, uh, like, when we're talking about, like, Brazen Borrower and stuff. Yeah. Where, you're like, that's the kind of impact you want a new standard card to have in the internal format. You want it to just be, like, this cool card that we might play at some point and it makes this one deck kind of better. Like with your your uh, your Dreadhorde Arcanist, right? Yeah, yeah. Very much fits into your Delver decks, and that's exactly where it fits, and it makes that deck better than it was. But it's not oppressively so. And I think that's the kind of thing Zerd is doing. And I think, you know, Guy Ruda making that one really stupid deck that's very much a glass cannon. Um that's also kind of fine. Fine, yeah, I think so. I'd I'd much rather that that deck exists and maybe shows up in a top 16 top 8 once like every now and then than whatever just nonsense like Loris is doing in the format yeah so I mean that's the thing so we're expecting on Monday for the legacy ban announcement just to be Loris but I think 
the format wasn't great before that. Sure. I think the format has been warped for quite some time, and I think maybe there's probably just a possibility that they just battle us just to put it back, you know, reset it two months, right, and just put it back to where it was before yeah. the Ikoria cards got added to the metagame, and go from there, and then we'll assess it from there. Not that I think Wizards of the Coast particularly care about Legacy, but you know, I think that's where we're probably going to what we're probably going to see. But I don't think that's good enough. And okay. to be fair, we've we've seen them we've seen them change a lot of things where they in, instead of just adding a card and seeing how it goes, or banning a card and seeing how it goes, they just <laughs> make a whole bunch of changes in one go and just yeah. see where it goes from there. Which we've seen in a lot of different formats. Uh, but I think so. The three there's three main offenders in Legacy, right? That we've known about for quite some time. Outside of Loris, because we know Loris is just going to go because it's for all the reasons we've just explained. It's just yeah. too good. It's putting up too many good results. Cards, nuts. But the the three cards I think that are contenders for also getting banned on Monday or a, a, a ban announcement laid on the road are Arkham's Astrolabe, yeah, which is a personal favourite for me for complaining about. Um, Oko, yeah, and Verdesma. Yeah, they are two cards that I definitely feel like like. As far as like non-companions go, they're the, the big main offenders, I think. Yeah, non-lurus cards that need to go. So I think if we're ranking those in terms of in terms of where when they need to go, and I'm sure I've said this on a previous episode, Alchem's Astrolabe, then a Verd of Summer, then Oko, I think is the order in which you need to do it. Yeah, I think, I think so definitely. The dominance of Oko, how good Oko is, is just is pretty much fueled by those other two cards, mainly Alchem's Astrolabe. And I think if you remove Arkham's Astrolabe from from the format, it should just... We were talking about like going back and unprinting cards, right? Yeah. <laughs> Very much unprint that card. Uh, it's you, you see less and less Okos uh, if you remove Arkham's Astrolabe from the format because it's just it's seeing play in every in every deck because you can just you can just splash it, right? Yeah. And that's the problem with with the Astrolabe is it's just it's basically free in a lot of decks. And it warps so much of the meta around itself that if you're not playing a four-colour deck, <laughs> then you're probably just wrong because you just want access to basically every powerful card you possibly can. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it, it it used to be kind of a strain to play a three-colour deck, but you're playing so many powerful... Like, you know, look, at, look at the old uh, Shardus Bug decks, right? Yeah. Where it's kind of a strain, but all the cards in your deck are very, very powerful. And now it's just like, you're just wrong if you're not playing at least four colours. Because why wouldn't you? Because it's just free. And you saw yeah, that with Renault Six. I mean, yeah, I, I just fix and fix and fix. I still think that three colors is is the best. I mean, in this world that we currently live in, like three colors is definitely just the best. Still, like I think, like I think Grixis Delver is the best as long as Loris lives. But you're right. Once Loris goes, like there's, there's no longer no reason just to just to stick to that three color format. Um, you know, you play your you play your Astrolabes. You, maybe you take your Mishra's Baubles out, replace them with Astrolabes, then you stick some Okos in because Okos dead, dead easy to cast off Astrolabe. Um, yeah, and then that's that's your best deck again. Um, but I, yeah, I think I think you're right. Astrolabe is is definitely a real problem in the format. And honestly, I'd like I'd like to see how Ren and Six would do in the format if we didn't have Astrolabe. Yeah, because part of the problem was just the mana fixing was just irrelevant, and Astrolabe in and of itself just makes Wasteland bad. Because decks have to play basic lands, but they can also, because of Astrolabe, play any cards they want. They can play all the most powerful cards. So normally yeah. the way you get around beating Wasteland is you play a one or two colour deck that doesn't care about getting Wastelanded. But now you can play a four colour deck with all of the greatest hits of all the colours and just not get Wastelanded. So the Wasteland decks just fall out of favour because what's the point? Yeah. What's the point in building your entire deck around resource denial when you're basically denying nothing? But that's the thing, I think if you take away Astrolabe, Oko, the number of Okos drops off because it's actually a cost to build a three-colour deck. It's actually a cost to build a four-colour deck. Yeah. Um, and it would you know, be more correct to, to play two colours and be less greedy with your mana. Because casting an Oko, like putting an Oko in your deck without Astrolabe is actually a decision you have to make. So you're like, am I playing a blue-green deck or am I playing a three-colour deck and just hoping that I have enough lands that produce the requisite colours of mana to be able to cast this? Because if I do land it, it's probably going to take over the game. But if I don't get there, and there's no point having this card in my deck, whereas if you're just like, I'm just going to turn one Astrolabe, turn two, literally any two mana threat, turn three Oko. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. And then cast some black and red spells as well. I think I would like, I mean, I could be wrong about Oko. Obviously it's <clears throat> torn up every other format. I could be wrong. If you do just go into Astrolabe, Oko could just still be the menace that it has been everywhere else. I but think like it, I think it will. beforehand. 
I just I, I think Goku will still be powerful, but uh, like like I've always felt like this is the like Legacy is the format where Oko is is the safest. Definitely, um, it doesn't have it doesn't have the completely broken artifacts that Vintage has, uh, and it, it isn't. It's of a power level where it, it's not too powerful, and like what it was doing in Standard and, and Pioneer and Modern. And I think I think very much that. Legacy, Legacy is the place where where Oko can and and probably just should live for now. Yeah, but I don't think that's the opinion that a lot of people have, and I think people just want to yeah. get rid of Oko because it just seems really powerful. And I think, I, I I know it's a controversial opinion, and I think I've been told I'm wrong very very many times. But I think Ren and Six died for the sins of Arkham's Astrolabe. Yeah, Honestly, I, I think that, I don't know. I, I wanted to. I wanted an opportunity to see that card be powerful, not busted, because yep. it's clearly busted when you were just playing it in your four color piles. And Oko feels exactly the same. And I'm worried that they're just going to pull the trigger on both. It might not be Monday, but you know, a, a ban, a ban soon, because these are the cards people are talking about. I'm worried that they'll just pull the trigger on Oko as well as Astrolabe at the same time, because they seem like two powerful cards. And Wizards of the Coast very much for formats like Legacy and like Vintage very much listen to community feedback more than actually understanding them themselves. Yeah. So I, I think. And I think we've said this before. I think Oko Thief of Crowns is just Jace the Mind Sculptor, but more powerful. Yeah. And I think it functions in a very, very similar way where you should just probably play it where you can. And it's been very powerful there, but it's not completely busted. So I want Astrolabe gone just generally. And I think Oko should live for a couple months after the ban of Astrolabe to see just where. I could be wrong, it could just be completely broken anyway. But just to see how it does without the existence of Astrolabe, where it's actually a, a cost to put it in your deck. Yeah, I, I think that's fair, definitely. Definitely think that's yeah. fair. And now, we must move on to the other card, which is Veil of Summer. Yeah, uh, Veil of Summer is... Uh, I I think... I don't know, before Companions were a thing, like, Veil of Summer was definitely, like, the card that I would just, just unprint. Like, if I could just, like, you know, Thanos click my fingers and suddenly... Says the Ad Nauseam Tendrils player. ...didn't exist anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't want to play. I don't want to play against Veil of Summer. I don't want to play with Veil of Summer. The fact that like my storm deck has to run like two Veil of Summer main board is it's just ridiculous. I mean, to be fair, Veil of Summer is the card that's single handedly making green play up in a bunch of formats. Yeah, or at least an actively good choice to play in your deck because it's a one mana cryptic command. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter what color it is. If it was, if it was any other color. That color would be would see more play in whatever format. Like if if it if it was white, then there'd be that would be the reason to play more white in the format. The card is just ridiculous. It's too good. Yeah, because we've se- we've seen green be unplayable in Legacy, and yeah. now we're seeing green be probably the best color in Legacy. And we haven't seen that since Death Row Shaman, where it was correct just to splash green because you wanted the activation of Death Row Shaman, and you might as well play a couple of green cards, I guess, if you want to. Yeah. And you know, green has been playable, playable because definitely I mean, German, and because uh, Tarmogoyf and yeah. Tarmogoyf is now terrible. Uh, and Red of Summer is just a reason to play green. And, I mean, the same the same could be said for Oko, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, Oko and Red of Summer are definitely reasons to to play green. I I still think I still think that blue is probably just the best color on Legacy still because because Brainstorm Force will Delver, but. Outside of like those like just absolute key pillars of the format, then yeah, green is is hands down the best color, and Veil of Summer is is the main offender as far as as far as that that's concerned. I think. Yeah, and I, I think I think I have a personal bias towards keeping Veil of Summer in the format because it's one of the things that makes you know the decks I play more reasonable. Yeah, and I th- I think you know in between the time of when Ren and Six really showed how busted it was Vader Summer really put decks like Maverick on the map where it was yeah, like, this definitely. was just about good enough but you couldn't beat the Force of All, you couldn't beat the Thoughtseize yeah. and it was nice to have insurance against stuff like Fatal Push or Abrupt Decay Assassin's Trophy and I think that the, the Vader Summer from that, for that time period just, just made those decks good but now it's just it's clear that it's just a problem Yeah. so again I, I would probably ban Astralia before I ban that to yeah, see how I, I good agree. green actually is because, you know, with Astrolabe, green is just not a cast. You just play a trap and maybe a Bayou, and you can just cast all your green spells, you'll be fine. Uh, so I would like to see Astrolabe go before Veil of Summer, and just just see how it... Just do, just do it in stages. You ban Astrolabe, and you think, 
Wait, well, you ban Lurus. <laughs> yeah. Okay, where's the, where's the format now? And then you ban Astro and everything. Okay, where's the format now? And then maybe you ban Pillar of Summit, then maybe you ban Oko. But I don't just want to see them all going one in, in one foul sweep because I think that's not a good way for the format to be. No, definitely. I, I fully agree. I, I think, at least, uh, I'd like to think that they've they've learned a lot from, from Pioneer and how Pioneer... Uh, has evolved over time and how they managed the banner restriction for that format and I would really like to see that being applied to every other format as well like we're gonna gonna monitor to see how things are if something gets out of control we'll ban this this one problem card or this this problem combo or whatever and then we'll we'll monitor how that goes and then you know we'll we'll very quickly pull up the ban hammer if need to um so yeah I'd, I'd much rather they they ban one thing and then watch a format over the next fortnight and then ban something else if, if it needs to be than just like oh here's a bunch of cards these are all too good as things currently stand we're just going to get rid of them because I mean, I, I, I yeah i feel like if they'd you know if, if they'd if they'd had that approach with pioneer we would have got stuff like gideon allies and the car and um like if works marvel band and you know they're unplayable cards in the year 2020 well, that is very true i mean i think i think the uh the, the, the difference between because I mean I've spent a lot of time on this podcast praising the the way that they've handled BNR in terms of Pioneer yep. I think it's a very very good system I think it's it's yep. a good way to do it but I think the reason you can't just apply it to Legacy and Vintage because they have no stakes in those formats yeah definitely. They, the only stake they have in that is just probably making sure that a bunch of players don't just go screw Wizards of the Coast and not playing this game anymore yeah. if they just ruin their format but you know with Pioneer they're planning to have Pro Tours in that format it's planning to be a big supported format it's planning to be the new modern where it's like we're going to have eyes on this format it's going to be the thing and they're going to put it on arena. It's going to be a thing. So they, they have to care about that format. They have to prune that format. They have to make sure it's as engaging and playable as possible, and as many people play it as possible, and are okay with the format. Yeah. Whereas legacy, they don't have to. Like they don't have to care about that. <laughs> they don't have to care about how legacy does because they're not planning to do any even GPs with it anymore. So they can just you know take chunks out of the format because that's what they think is necessary, and not care about the consequences. Not care about people's feelings towards it. Yeah. and not care whether that actually ruins the format beyond recognition because who cares yeah definitely it's very much how I feel about about the way they handle vintage as well like yeah, yeah it, definitely it, it doesn't matter like what they do to the cards like doesn't matter as long as as long as the majority of the community are happy with the decisions they make in that format yeah, that's that's all they have to care about. Like they, yeah. they just don't want a big uproar, basically. And even when there's a big uproar in Legacy, generally, I mean, how long did it actually take them to to ban Defo Shaman from Legacy? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, probably too long, realistically. It, yeah, it took... even then, like like Ren and Six. Like look at Ren and Six last year. Like for weeks and weeks, of people crying out for it, and then they banned it the week before the GP. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you've got me who's been crying for months and months and months about Arkham's Astro, but nothing's happened. That like. I think I think it's the thing they just it, it, it took the dominance of Leovold Pyroblast decks yeah. for Deathrite Shaman to finally go, despite the fact that it had really been a problem since two thousand twelve. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. So you know, they don't have to care about this format, but Monday we're gonna see Lurus go. I'm yeah. confident in that. And then I'm hoping we also see Arkham's Astrolabe though. Uh, I I I want them to at least mention it, otherwise I don't. I'm I'm just not going to bother with the format. Like, okay. Uh, if they don't at least bring it, because it, it just I don't know whether it's just me being completely crazy, and just seeing something that no one else is seeing. But Arkham's Astrolabe has been a menace in that format, and I think it's also a menace in modern for so long. Where it does cool stuff, it, like you see in modern, it's really really cool in the five color Niv Mizzet Bring to Light deck, right? Yeah. And it does cool stuff there, and then everywhere else it's being played, like in the Urza decks and whatever. It's just complete nonsense. And isn't a thing that you should be able to do in Magic, and no one seems to be really taking it that seriously. Yeah, from, from, I, I think from my, my experience. So I, I think initially it felt like there was a real, real bit of bit of uproar about it. I think that the things that people noticed really was just just the fundamental shift in how you play formats that have Astrolabe legal, like basic lands are unplayable now because you play basic snow lands because they're they're just strictly better i think there was a lot of uproar and a lot of lot of discussion around that but i think 
that was pretty much where most people left it, just at like that surface level, like, oh, well, it's now incorrect to play basic lands because you can play snow lands because they're better, because you should just be playing Astrolabe, rather than really sort of going deeper into why Astrolabe is so powerful and, and what it really does and what impact it really has on the formats. And I I, I do fully fully agree with you. I think for me personally, like Arkham's Astrolabe is, is a card that I love. I really like the design of it. But I, I fully understand the power level of it. I think I think in Legacy it does probably just need to go. Uh, and modern I'm modern I'm not too sure. Modern I feel like if they want modern to be this world of just weird and wonderful, powerful Urza decks, then yeah, sure, let it live there for a while. <laughs> Urza before match, sure. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand what their philosophy is with modern anymore. I really don't. Um, we had an episode where we tried to delve into and understand their philosophy for modern and we're left feeling kind of confused and dejected but maybe trying to see where they were trying to go yeah and it's just gone so far in the opposite direction from them that it's just it, it seems pointless trying to understand that anymore yeah i mean i think i think arkham's Ashley was just the second coming of death Row shaman yeah but quite probably arkham's Ashley doesn't die to lightning bolt because yeah. <laughs> i think i think the thing is when you when you saw a death Row shaman across the table it was very much like a bolt the bird situation You're like i need to kill that because that's the most powerful card on the table currently yeah it may be all the raw power level but in terms of the power level in the synergy of your opponent's deck in the the things it facilitated for them and the things it allowed them to do death Row shaman was the thing you just killed on the spot and there are less options to do that with astrolabe there are less things in legacy that, that you know kill astrolabe and it feels like you're wasting your card it's, yeah. it's like you know targeting and Arkham's actually with an Assassin's Trophy or an Abrupt Decay, it, it, it doesn't seem like there's as much urgency as there was with like Abrupt Decay and Death Rock Shaman. Yeah, But definitely. I think it functions exactly the same. It, it, it facilitates exactly the same things. It's just different cards now. Yeah, in most cases, it's probably the correct thing to do, but it, it's always just kind of going to feel bad, isn't it? Yeah, because you're Abrupt Decay, and then they play an Oko the next turn, you're like, well, I wish I had an Abrupt Decay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think that these are... These are my feelings on Legacy, and if they don't at least mention it in the write-up that, you know, Ian Duke, I believe, still does the write-ups, right? Yes. He doesn't at least mention the fact that it's tearing up Legacy since they're now, you know, turning an eye to Legacy and that's going to be talking about the format in some in some detail, I imagine. If they're going to ban Lurus, they're going to have to talk about the metagame and everything that's going on. They're going to probably, at least, as long as they, you know, if they don't mention it, at least, being like, oh, Arkham's Astral decks are really, really good. Yeah. Then I just despair for putting all my money and effort into legacy as a format you know i spent the amount of time i spent playing and tweaking decks for that format and caring about it and loving looking at deck lists and playing in it and it being the only format i want to play for them to see a glaring issue and just turn a blind eye to it i think would put me off it so i hope that doesn't happen yeah i mean it, it certainly won't put me off it but i i can definitely definitely sympathize with your frustrations Good, because I have many of them. <laughs> okay, so I think that's that's all the stuff I want to say on Legacy. Cool. So, we're, yeah, Loris is going to get banned. Um, the watch cards are Astrolabe, Vela Summer, Oko. I want Astrolabe to get banned, and we'll see about the other two. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, is there anything else you want to talk about quickly? Uh, I, think, I think, as far as, like, I guess we should touch on the other formats too. Like, as far as modern's concerned, I, what a I mess. honestly don't really know. Yeah, I definitely... I stopped caring about that format a while ago, and I know I should care about it, and I should, you know, have some opinions formed on that format based on the fact that we are a, a, a general purpose Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk about whatever we want as long as it's related to magic, right? Yeah. And I should, I should, we we should be able to have an in-depth conversation about modern a lot of the time, but I have, I put down that format properly in earnest. I think about six months ago. Yeah. And I, it, every every week, I feel more and more vindicated in that decision. I fully, fully agree with you there as well. Like I, for me, the the Mox Opal ban was kind of like the last nail in the coffin for me because I thought, hey, you know, I don't really care about the format, but I can still play on my Lantern Control deck that I love. We'll we'll play this if I have to play Modern. Sure, that'll be fine. Uh, Mox Opal went, and I was like, well, I've got a Tron deck. I'll keep this this seventy five stock tron list permanently sleeved up because nothing's ever going to get banned from tron ever uh and you know sometimes it's going to be fine and that's that's as far as that's as far as my interactions with modern go these days like if if i 
for whatever reason I, I turn up to an event or an FNM or whatever and it's it's modern firing. Oh sure, I've got the I've got this this Stocktron list, I'll play that, that'll be fine. Or if you know, we're gonna do like a team event and someone needs me to fill the modern seat. Yeah, I've got a Tron deck, that is absolutely fine. Uh, but yeah, I I just I don't like what they've done with the format. I don't like the, the just the vast majority of changes that format has has gone through since Splinter Twin was banned, unfortunately. And it's a real shame because I did I did love that format once, and yeah, I it's just unrecognisable now, and I don't yeah, think yeah. you can fix it. Yeah, um, modern was my favourite format for a long time, and I again we've gone into. Uh, it you know, gone into it at length on this podcast before about why modern is no longer good because there was a brief time where Night of the Red Crew wasn't a complete part of Wank and that was fun and now my beloved Glistener Elf is a big part of Wank so uh, I, I mean that's not the, the only reason but much in the same way that you always had Tron's pick up and you, you know you had a deck that you could always fall back on uh, I very much had Infect and I love playing that deck it's it's probably my first love in, in terms of constructed decks I think I've moved on from it slightly but I, I would always go back and play Modern Infect in all of its variations even you know after the Git Pro yeah. ban that was, that was a bummer but you know I always played that deck and I, I, I literally can't play that deck anymore because it's just so bad in the format um, and, and I think I mean to be fair there were several nails in that coffin and there were several coffins but I, I think that was the final nail in the final coffin for me was, was just how awful uh, infect is and I just I have no interest in the format I mean I'll keep up to date vaguely because I should know what's going on because I, I, I feel compelled to because of this podcast you know yeah. I've got to have an opinion on everything but um, a, a quick note for post do I have to bleep the word wank oh no cool they can, uh, they can say it on TV in America they can say a lot of things on TV in America I accidentally watched an episode of Friends the other day yeah because TV was on <laughs> and uh, it just said the word bitch yeah, they're they're very strange about like what what they can say, and like what they can't say. Like so, yeah, they can say they can just say stuff like that. Like yeah, they can say bitch, they can say wank, they can say like bastard, just like on like daytime TV in America. But they, it was but, like, it was but like they can't they can't say. Oh okay, like eleven a.m. It was like Channel Five, and they just it, there was a episode of Friends that just said the word bitch, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's. Not a thing. That's Channel Five, though. It's like a, <laughs> a whole different world, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe it's where you go for your risque content, <laughs> like the word "bitch" in an episode of Friends. <laughs> yeah, at eleven o'clock on a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, well, everyone but... else is in church. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not at the moment, are they? Yeah, no. Well, they no. shouldn't be. Uh, I mean, may- maybe I've just—I haven't watched actual like. You know, I've never, I haven't had a routine with watching television for about five years now because the internet exists, yeah. and I'm not some kind of sociopathic weirdo who still watches the telly. But maybe my my preconceived notions of what is appropriate for daytime television is just completely wrong now, and things evolved past the way you can just say, you know, what is essentially a swear word on a Sunday morning. Yeah, quite probably. I'm sure there's like, there's also like loads of. Like, I guess as far as like American TV goes, there's all like strange, strange rules and things like they can't say. Like they could say all of those words, but like they couldn't say like hell or like goddamn. Like Jesus <laughs> Christ! Know, yeah, they couldn't. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> d- depends what context they're saying that in. But they might that not was, be able to say that in some cases. That was very much, very much accidental. I mean, it's very yeah. bizarre. Because I mean, yeah, when when I remember watching TV, you couldn't say like the word ass before nine pm. Yeah. So you can just okay, cool. Hey, that was just a that was just a note, and I very much don't remember what what spawned that tangent. Oh, I said the word wank. <laughs> cool. I mean, I'm, I'm very much lazy fair about swearing on this podcast now because I've you know I just use the bleeper. Yeah. Easy. Hell just yeah. Say what, just say whatever I want. Sweet. See, if you were if you were a braver man, you would have you would have said something stronger than hell there, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, you know, depends who's depends who's censoring the the content, I guess. Me. Sure. I'll censor if you say the f word. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Let's move on to Pioneer then. Um, yeah. I I don't think Pioneer has any real problems at the moment. So I, I think I like so. companions have definitely had a bit of an impact there. Like again, Loris has been shown up in some lists there. But I think all it's really done is just push a couple of decks up into that higher tier. It's gone away from being like oh. You should play either Demir Inverter or 
uh, Lotus Breach because they are the only two decks in the format. They're the most powerful decks. Just pick one of these two decks and play it too. I know you probably have about four, maybe five different decks that you, you could play now. Um, and I think that's that's probably good for the format. I know I would rather see... I'd rather see that than them have like, I don't know, ban Inverter and ban like Underworld Breach, I think, at this point. I mean, yeah. I, I would rather there were like an abundance of like more powerful decks than... Uh, you know the, the continuous need to to just ban things. I think for Pioneer at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, like we, I think we briefly discussed at some point things that maybe do powerful for Pioneer, but I think the format's just great, right? Yeah, I think so. I, Healthy, I diverse, really powerful. enjoy it. The only thing, the only way in which Lurus, which is the boogeyman of everywhere, yeah. is uh, breaking that format in any kind of way is the. Blue black or the auras deck, the, the white black auras deck. Excuse me, which is fine <laughs> if you're yeah. using your Lurus to recast your Elseed of whatever that card is. Then I am completely fine with that. I imagine that's where they wanted that card to go. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I like obviously really, I really like Lurus in in that style of thing. Like if you're playing some, if you're playing auras and you bring your auras back from the graveyard and doing all that synergy, that's cool. That's awesome. I like that. That can stay. If you look at the the challenge from the weekend, the the deck that won that was the the Abzan Aristocrats deck. Um, Loris is obviously played in that as well, and that's fine. That's the kind of deck where I want to see Loris being played too. Like that's awesome. Like the places I don't want to see Loris being played are like the deck that came second in that challenge, which is like essentially mono red aggro. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just hate it. It like. <laughs> <laughs> Like if if you're gonna have these these like these you know these powerful broken cards, then I don't mind where they're they're showing up, where the synergy like kind of makes sense, and it's like oh well yeah this is this is a black card or this is a white card or a black white card or whatever it fits here. You can see what's going on here. That's fine. But yeah, when like you're playing twenty one mono red creatures, and you're playing like. 16 mono red spells and then like four boros charm just seeing that one of Lorus there just oh, it really throws throws it off for me just it really lo- looks wrong i just I, mean, I hate i hate sure yeah i just hate them showing up yeah in places where where they just don't look right yeah i <laughs> i understand that frustration but i think that's very much that very much doesn't matter <laughs> it's like it's I fully correct to, to play it there opinion. like absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. should like it's it's just correct to play it there but i, I just hate it i mean when we're, when we're saying you know we're gonna ban Lurus, we should ban Lurus. Lurus is a problem because it's putting up you know the 12 of the top 16 of basically yeah. every tournament and <laughs> you don't like the fact that it's aesthetically displeased i'm gonna try that again aesthetically unpleasing in a mono red deck then yeah. <laughs> i think those are two different camps of thought right <laughs> i it's not even necessarily like aesthetical pleasing it's just the fact that it it's free it's at no additional cost to the mono red deck like you, can play if, this, you can play this this black white card like you look at like was... like like the absan deck and you look at the the black white enchantments deck then yeah it's, a, it's at no real cost for those decks to play a black white hybrid card because they're already playing those colors you look at mono red it's playing it's playing one of a spell that that's white and that's boros charm i wish we lived in a world where this was the peak of frustration about new cards yeah where the most yeah, the most too. the most frustrated and angry we got about new cards being a problem was oh they really shouldn't go in a mono red aggro deck that seems wrong yeah <laughs> Can you imagine if yeah. that's the world we lived in <laughs> That would be so much more preferable to. Oh no, it's broken vintage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So you can see here, he is he's making a splash in, in Pioneer as well, and I think at this point I'd rather they just kept an eye on him rather than than ban anything. You can have a look at like the rest of the the top eight of this challenge, and you can see there are definitely some more interesting things there. You've got like the like the Planeswalker Super Friends deck, which is very much like the like the Jeskai uh, Fires deck from from Standard. It's been at showing up in the uh, the top eight of the of the challenge as well. It, it's pretty much just the same same deck except it's playing Gideon of the Trials and it's playing um, Big Teferi as well. He can play that too. Uh, it's playing Yorian, which which is fine. It's nice seeing Yorian show up. 
Uh, Yorian also has shown up in the Demir Inverter decks. There, it's 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 a blue black deck. It's a blue card. It's no real cost there. It is very strange, like when you consider like the deck that wants to mill itself out is now playing twenty extra cards, but. It's yeah, it's fine. Like uh, that deck always had a secondary plan of being like a, just a decent mid-range deck anyway. Uh, Yorian helps with that. I I like it. I think I think Yorian's fine in in that deck. Yorian's probably fine in the format. And then we're also seeing Zerda show up as well. Um, Zerda has shown up in uh, just like the the Azorius control deck because it's you know six percent your sideboard. It's no real cost. And yeah. The only permanents in that deck are your planeswalkers. They've got activated abilities. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's, that's, Pioneer seems to be the format in which companions are showing up in the, the I guess, the the fashion that they wanted. Yeah, <laughs> where it's just like it's kind of cool. You you put it into other decks and maybe you know alter that deck to play this card and it's really really powerful, but it's not breaking anything. And you could very much play that deck without that card. And having access to it isn't really much of a problem. It's just every other format's problem. I think Pioneer's in a great place. I think it's it's Yeah, it's I think I agree definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. very healthy. The the new cards aren't broken anywhere particularly and like like we were talking about before, we have sort of, you know, the ability to pinpoint the problems and deal with them as appropriate. Yeah. I think is is it's it's great. Yeah. And uh, you know, Urian's showing up quite a lot and I think it's also doing a lot of things in standard where it's just I guess playing twenty other 20 extra good cards isn't really much of a, t- of a restriction. Um, but yeah, I, I, Pioneer seems great. I would not touch it at this point, and I can't see anything rearing its head as a problem. Demir Inverter, which again, I think on this podcast I've complained about a lot, um, seems very much to have been sorted out by the mayor. Yeah, definitely. Um, which, which is great. And I think Adex still still a great player, but doesn't seem to be putting up the dominance that it had been previously. Yeah, very much like like the Underworld Breach deck. Like it's it's fine. You look at the the top eight of the most recent challenge. Uh, you've got one copy of Tamir Inverter, and then you've got one copy of the Underworld Breach deck too. Um, it's yeah, it's absolutely fine. It seems to be that the form because of because of companions, the format is is kind of shifting into more of a, a mid range focused. Um, Focus meta game as opposed to like these two powerful combo decks, and I, I think that's absolutely fine. And I'd much rather they just just let that happen, let that evolve, than just just ban things at this point. And yeah, I'm quite happy that I don't think anything needs to go from Inverter, and I don't think anything needs to go from Underworld Breach at this point either. No, which were uh, uh, you know in recent memory. Then again, it feels like it was about twelve years ago at this point. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Those, those were those were potential problems in the format, but. It's all good. So, do we want to do we want to touch on standard, or do we want to just leave it there? Because uh, I about twenty minutes. Yeah, I, I think I don't want to go in on standard at this point. Uh, I think st- maybe that maybe that's maybe that's a conversation for next week. I think standard is is a big mess. So I've been playing a lot of standard on arena. Um, I, I I don't enjoy it. I don't think I've ever felt this miserable about a standard format ever, uh, including ones where Ganina Live's Undercar was legal. Uh, I, yeah, I, it just feels like such a big mess. I think that I've narrowed down what the problem is. I think the problem is just free spells, and you have far too many ways to have free spells. Uh, coupled with the fact that counter spells are bad, like you can't play counter spells because of A, the free spells, and, and B, Teferi. Um, yeah, without going into it in too much detail, I think if it was me in charge, I would I would ban Fires of Invention, uh, I would ban Wilderness Reclamation, I would ban Teferi, and I would probably just ban Agent of Treachery as well, I think, at this point too. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you made those bans, those the, the format would be, it would be considerably better. Those are, yeah, I think those are the problems um, that represent themselves. And I mean, I don't really want to extend this into like a two-hour podcast. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> by talking about the problems of standard, um, the Sky Noodle is doing things there as well that are maybe a little bit too good for that format. Fires, as we've said at many many intervals, is just goddamn stupid. And yeah. I think that's the thing. Yeah, the focus on free spells. So it's been proven to us time and time again. 
that free spells are a problem and shouldn't exist in an abundance of formats and an abundance of years and abundance of blocks. Uh, <laughs> and they just keep doing it and pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Um, it it's either push it's it's either free spells or just like pushing the the, the power that you get. Yeah, it's it's both as far as as far as Fires is concerned, it's both. Like yeah. you, you get you get to play two five mana spells. Or you play two five mana creatures and activate their activated abilities on turn five. It's yeah, yeah I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I think the the general the general thing is is what a single coloured mana is worth has just risen and risen and risen. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you would pay, say, a green mana for on a card three, four years ago is so much lower than what you pay a green mana for now. Yeah, it's, it's It's a combination of free spells, literally free spells in terms of fires of invention and, to a certain extent, in terms of wilderness reclamation. Yeah. And just spells being pushed far too far for their mana costs. Stuff like, stuff like Uro, which is just... <clears throat> A four of in 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 every format that isn't vintage, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, just the amount of value you get out of three mana and then four yeah. mana, like just pushing and pushing that card. And yeah. Even even then, like I don't, I don't think Euro would be too much of a problem if all of the other powerful things didn't exist, because then it's only you know it's only four cards out of seventy five. But when every other card is a potential threat, a potential game-winning threat. It's just too much, too fast. Like, there's no there's no mid-game to standard anymore. There was always a mid-game to standard, and that was always where things got interesting. Right now, you either know... You just you just know who's going to win. By, by turn four, you know who's going to win, because they've either already won, or they're so far ahead that you just know that you or your opponent aren't going to catch up to whoever's in the lead, because cause they just can't. Now, more than ever, I miss Wingmate Rock. <laughs> and I always miss Wingmate Rock because I love that card to death. But I remember when Wingmate Rock was a good card and it was a card that caught you up in the mid-game. Yeah. Imagine yeah. how embarrassing that card would be now. I, I miss five mana planeswalkers where you could you could plus one to do a thing. Plus one, yeah, you plus one to draw a card, minus two to kill a thing, and then a, a game-winning ultimate. That's what I miss. Yeah, uh, that's very much the... The magic that I remember and love. Yep. But, you know, we're in this place now, and uh, we'll deal with it accordingly, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, free spells are not a good thing. Please, please stop. That's my that's my note to end on. Who'd have thought a thing that has been true for literally ever <laughs> is a point that I feel the need to hammer home right now. Yeah, agreed. Stop printing free spells, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Right, I cool. think, so think I that's think, everything I want to talk about. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, yeah, if you want to let us know, let us know your thoughts. What do you think is going to get banned next week? Um, like, do you care? Like, we we know, we know that those those three formats in particular, the ones with the, the smallest like player bases, really like Brawl, Legacy, and Vintage. So, yeah, it does it like does it make sense to to leave everyone in suspense for a week? Let us know your, your no. things on that. No, it just doesn't, doesn't I have no. to interject. Absolutely not. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, come come share your thoughts. You can get at us on Twitter. We're at hfdcast or facebook.com slash hfdcast. Or if you've really enjoyed anything from today's episode and you want to give back in a monetary value, you can hit us up on Patreon. We are patreon.com slash devastation, where we have tiers which start from as little as $1 per month. It's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode. You can find the podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. And to be honest, I'd be willing to bet that if you have a favourite podcast app and you've searched Hour of Devastation Podcast, it'll probably turn up there. I don't know. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but it might do. If you want to go to one of those platforms and leave us a comment or a review or a rating or share it, we'd really appreciate it. Or just tell one of your friends about it because it helps get out whatever the hell this is at this point to more people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything anything just to spread the word is greatly appreciated. If you want to find me on my own social, uh, try that one again. You want to find me on my own personal social media? I am at Peach Garden Oaf on Twitter. That's over for now. Facebook.com. I'm Joe Loudon. You'll find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. Come talk to me. I've been doing a lot of talking about identifying cards and counterfeit cards at the moment as well. I've been helping some some people identify their fakes. 
Um, also on YouTube, if you want to search Peach Garden Ove, you'll find me there. I did a fantastic video on Scryfall and how to use Scryfall efficiently. Uh, and yeah, I'm also on Twitch, streaming multiple times a week now during this, this period of lockdown. Come find me, twitch.tv slash peachgardenoaf. I, on the other hand, have no content, um, except for just, you know, talking about state of the world. If you want to find that content, you can find me on Twitter, it's Neil69. Nice. The world is falling apart. That's it. And on, on that note, it's pretty much yep. all we have time for this week, once again. We're approaching the second hour, the God Hour has returned, so we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. Mm-hmm.